It is Tuesday morning. It is 7 a.m. and you are listening to Roadmap to Heaven right here on Covenant Network. I'm Adam Wright. So happy to be with you this morning as always. What's in store today? Well, a lot, but we always, always start with prayer. So let's do that today. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your sacred heart in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father, amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, today on the show, we have some wonderful things in store. It's, uh, you know, as we've been joking around, family story time with Corey Grizzle. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, something that I would venture to say all of us who are married or who will be married uh, will encounter at some point disagreement. Uh-oh disagreement what happens what do we do how do we navigate that well corey has got the uh well not the answers but she's got some guidance for us because the answers vary from case to case before we can get to any of it we have to go well we don't just have to go we get to go to mike robert and our saint of the day today is the feast day of saint goldino archbishop of milan and cardinal Born in Milan late in the 11th century, he was from a prominent local family, and growing up he had a deep faith, made the decision to become a priest, and eventually was named Archbishop of his own hometown. But this was a difficult time for him because of conflicts within the church. After the death of Pope Adrian IV, Pope Alexander III was elected to replace him. However, the Holy Roman Emperor Barbarossa wanted someone else, which led to the appointment of an anti-pope, Victor IV. Archbishop Galdino made a very public stand in support of Alexander III, which infuriated Barbarossa, who sent his army to lay siege to Milan until Galdino was forced to leave. Barbarossa also raised support from many other kingdoms all across Europe for his anti-pope. Galdino followed Alexander into exile and went from Genoa to Sicily to Claremont, finally returning to Rome when the King of Hungary signed an agreement that recognized Alexander as the true Pope, enabling him to return to the chair of St. Peter in 1165. Galdino became a cardinal and was named an apostolic legate, and on this day in 1176, he delivered a sermon denouncing the heresy of Catharism, which claimed Two gods, one for good and one for evil. Immediately afterwards, he died at the age of 80. St. Galdino, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Well, once again, Corey Grizzle is here with us in studio to share some stories about marriage. And, you know, marriage, Corey, I have to say, it's one of my favorite endeavors I've ever embarked on. It's also one of the funniest, one of the most serious, one of the most difficult. One, I think you could go through a lot of the adjectives and apply them to marriage. It's life. But it's life, right? I will say this. One of, one of my favorite things we've learned over the course of the past 14 years is how to fight with one another because we've learned that, shock, surprise, there are things that I do that irritate Beth, what? and there are things that Beth does that 
may or may not irritate me. It depends on if she's listening right now. No, we love each other dearly. But we didn't know how to fight with one another. And we'd have disagreements. And then it went downhill really fast. <laughs> Things started falling apart. We ended up in counseling. And that's where we learned how to have disagreements with one another and fight with one another. And I'll never forget one of the first fights we had. And that's a pretty strong word. But after we had really wrapped up in counseling. We were both at the end of it like, you're, you're acting like this because you struggle with this, and I'm acting like this because I struggle with this, and the way you verbalize is this, and the way I verbalize is that. And it's not that we really disagree with one another. It's just how we're going about saying it seems like we disagree with one another, but really we're in total agreement, and I love you, and I love you. And what are we having for dinner tonight? I don't know. Do you want to go to that place? Yes, let's go to that place. Why are we still yelling? I don't know. Let's go to dinner. You know, and... <laughs> <laughs> Again, the foibles of marriage. Right, right. It's so funny. It it is, and and life is just um, it's ups and it's downs, and you know it's um, so many different uh, ways of of communicating, so many different ways of fighting, and um, you know Todd and I dated for eight years. We met in high school. We dated through college, uh, and then we were married, and um, and we didn't really know how to you don't really know how to fight until you spend every waking moment with this other person and then you realize like they're not dating you anymore they they're you know they're they're here all the time and they have these little tiny um irritations but like you said what you learned in counseling we kind of opened our eyes up in marriage prep and so if anyone's going through marriage prep right now, this is the one you want to pay attention to because you can figure out all sorts of finance things. You can figure out all sorts of communication tools. But if you really want to keep your marriage together, like pay attention on how to fight and most importantly, how to forgive. One of the things we really learned was about how to use I statements. And I had actually learned this in one of my psychology classes in college. So maybe that's why I picked up on it. But that you use I statements. And even though it might be pointed at something they're doing, it's all about how you are feeling. So I feel really frustrated when you are late. So it's all about, yes, you are doing something, but I'm not accusing you of it. I'm letting you know how I feel about that. Right. It still might start a fight, <laughs> still might, you know, start something that, well, the, they might come back. But if the other person is also just using the I statements and saying, well, I feel very, I don't know, downtrodden or um, accused when you say something like this. And so I think what it does more than accuse someone is it opens your eyes to I don't really want to make you feel that way. So let's try and fix that. Right. And sometimes we oh, don't do that. We we say the wrong things and, and we end up in a fight. And the fight is because I'm right and you're wrong and you think you're right and I'm wrong. And we want the other person to see what we are trying to get across. Right. The, the other thing that we picked up on from marriage preparation was uh, to forgive, to be the first one. Well, not necessarily. You can't always be the first one to forgive, but but to to forgive and to ask for forgiveness. That was the thing. That was the big thing for me because the little brat inside of me didn't ever want to ask for forgiveness for sure. And then when I realized that Todd was way better at that than I was, that he immediately would, you know, we'd have a fight, we'd have a tiff, we'd get to a point where we'd be like, mm, not talking anymore because there's nothing more I can say. Then he would walk away for a few minutes and he would come back and ask me for forgiveness. 
So in my head, I'm analyzing all of the, why, why are you asking for forgiveness? What's your angle? <laughs> and I'm like, I shouldn't be thinking that, but I am like, that's just what's going on. And so he would do that. And of course I wanted to forgive him. Like, that's what my brain is saying. You're supposed to, you're supposed to, you're supposed to, but, but my heart and my little, little brat inside of me was saying, nope, 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 I don't want to. Um, but just by using those words, just by saying the things that I knew I was supposed to say, just by looking into his eyes and say, I forgive you. And then we'd have a conversation about, okay, look, this is what I really meant. And this is how I'm feeling. And this is so you have to take a breath and you have to wait and, and do those things. But just by doing that, we got so much better. And just by him walking up to me so many different times, Eventually, I became the first one to say, will you please forgive me? Um, but that takes a lot of humility to walk up and say, will you forgive me? And even though, even though you're right, you want to realize there is something that you did wrong. You slammed the door and walked out before he could say whatever his piece was. You said something mean about something that was shouldn't have been brought up, but was brought up something about the past. Some little thing in that argument, you hurt the other person. And so that's what I'm going to ask for forgiveness for. And then at that time, there's usually a peace that comes with that. And then there's an understanding and and you'll get to a little bit better place. I want to throw out a couple things that uh, were brought to our attention by our counselor. First and foremost, as much as there are some universals in uh, this, there are a lot of variables that are very hyper-specific to you and your spouse. I mean, differences between Corey and Todd and Beth and I that even in the way our marriages are a lot alike, they are very different in other ways. Um, so that's number one. Number two, don't be hesitant to go and get help. I'm in a second that counseling, if you even think for, you know, if, if it's mulling over in your head that maybe you need help, maybe you need to go find somewhere, just find a, a good Catholic counselor who's going to say those things because you do need to process and you need to figure out how to process together. Uh, I was talking before about our marriage prep when we were preparing for marriage, but then we also were facilitators for marriage prep for 10 years. And one of the things that we would continuously say to our to our couples across the table is that when you pray the Our Father, I mean, there there are so many great meditations on the Our Father. And, and when you get to that point um, about meditating on the Our Father and you get to the end of that where it says, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. We just say it sometimes. We just don't even realize what we are saying. But when you really look at that, we are praying to our Father in heaven, and we are saying, will you please hold me accountable the same way that I hold others accountable? Will you please forgive me the way, the exact way that I forgive others? So when you think about it in that way, you are asking God to forgive you in the same way that you forgive others. It makes me think twice about, okay, even though I don't want to say, will you forgive me? Or I don't want to in my brain, if, I, if I'm not talking to this person anymore, or, or if I need to talk to this person and they ask for my forgiveness, I'm going to immediately say that because that's what I want God to do for me and for all of my mistakes and for all of my trespasses. I want him to immediately embrace me and say, yes, of course, of course, I'm going to forgive you. Now, there have been times 
when Todd will come up to me and say, will you forgive me? (laughs) And I will just, I'll kind of roll my eyes because I'm like, well, of course I'm going to forgive you. (laughs) I may not want to do it now, but I'm going to. And that's, we've, like you said, these are our language kind of things where, of course I'm going to. We know we're going to get through this. At this point, after 25 years of marriage and even at 10 years, we knew, yes, we're going to, I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to get through this. We're going to work this out. Just let me be mad a little bit longer. (laughs) Well, you know, I think one of the most important things we want you to take away from this is you're not alone in it. When when you have disagreements in marriage, learn how to have them and then strive for holiness. Because if you're both on the same page about that, about getting each other to heaven, it's a lot easier to look past all of the imperfections and grant each other a lot of grace when it comes to this. And again, I want to second, don't be afraid of counseling. Uh, You're not the, if, if you're, thinking, oh, we're the only ones that have ever been to marriage counseling. You're not. I've been there. Mm-hmm. Beth and I have been there. We happily share that. One of the best decisions we ever made. Just do what you have to do and go to our Lord and, and ask him, what's your will? How do we get through this? And then, as we said in the last segment, mm-hmm. work as if it all depends on you. Pray as if it all depends on God. Corey, this sure. has been a great time to have you with us. I look forward to the next time where I think we're going to be talking about parenting. Oh, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talk about foibles in family life. You right. throw kids into the mix. Everyone's an expert and no one's an expert. So in the meantime, <laughs> this is Roadmap to Heaven. We'll be back after this. Hello, podcast listeners. This is Adam Wright for Covenant Network. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to hit like and subscribe. And while you're at it, share it with your friends. And now back to the Roadmap to Heaven podcast. Our catechist question today, in which gospel can you find the verse, and I say to you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of the netherworld will not prevail against it. We were talking about the visible head of the church, St. Peter, and now the Pope. In which gospel do you find that passage? And I say to you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of the netherworld will not prevail against it. You will find that in the Gospel of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew. If you said Matthew, you are correct. Let's get you our daily dose of encouragement here on Covenant Network. We pause on this Tuesday for our daily dose of encouragement with Patty Schneier. This week, we are taking a look at the book A Year with the Eucharist. I love this book, A Year with the Eucharist. I've been taking it to adoration every day, and some days I ponder two or three days just on one meditation. And I love that it has awesome quotes from the saints and their reflections on the Eucharist. In page, on page 5 and page 31 of this book, both of them include the prayers of St. Thomas Aquinas. One of them, page 5, is prayer before Holy Communion, and page 31 is St. Thomas's prayer after Holy Communion. Both of these prayers, I now get them out when I get to Mass five minutes earlier, and it's made me desire to get to Mass early so that I can pray this prayer of St. Thomas Aquinas before Mass. And then after Holy Communion, very often I'll get out my book again, it's in my Bible bag, and I will read the prayer after Communion. I'm in good company if I just pray the words of St. Thomas Aquinas. He's a doctor of the church. But what blows me away is that his prayers have endured over a thousand years. A thousand years. What a treasure. What a gift to me here and now in my little world, right? From St. Thomas Aquinas a thousand years ago. It just blows me away. So here's what I want to tell everybody right now at home. Look up. Google Prayer of St. Thomas Aquinas before communion. Prayer of St. Thomas Aquinas after communion. Look up these beautiful prayers. Print them out. 
put them in your Bible, put them in your purse, bring them with you to Mass, and pray them before and after each Holy Communion. It will increase your love and devotion for the Eucharist. It's just amazing. And these are treasures of our church. I'm making myself a note right now because I know in my missal I have both of these prayers, and yet they sit there so neglected so often. I'm going to have to move a bookmark or put a post-it in there so that I can remember to pray these prayers. Patty, thank you for this encouragement. Well, that wraps up our show today, and we are getting ready for some more things this week. Doug Berry is going to be with us tomorrow, and we are going to be talking about prayer and fasting, not or you know, sometimes it's an either or. Sometimes it's a both and. This is definitely one of those both ands. Now, that might seem a little counterintuitive in the season of Easter, but there's more to it than that. You'll have to tune in for that. By the way, Patty Schneier is also going to be with us later this week. She's going to be speaking at the upcoming St. Louis Marian Conference, which we haven't mentioned yet today. So let's mention it now. STLMC, St. Louis Marian Conference, stlmc.org. Dr. Ray Garendi, Father Bill Casey, Jesse Romero, um, Monsignor Eugene Morris, Father Mitch Pacwa, Monsignor Stephen Rossetti. That's a great lineup right there. And it's two and a half days uh, going from Friday afternoon into, well, I guess Sunday morning, concluding with Sunday Mass. It's really a wonderful time to be together. We are going to be there from Covenant Network. We look forward to meeting all of you. So be sure to come by. And I'm gonna, I'd love to meet you. Can I just say that? It's always a joy when I go out into the community to events like this and I get to meet you, the listeners, and and to hear, oh, you know, you talked about this on the show, and, and we like that. It's good feedback for us so we know, hey, this is making a difference. Here's how we can continue to help you out. We're all trying to become saints here. You know, this isn't about uh, Adam Wright has the great insights to life. I'm just a guy like you trying to become a saint, right? And your insights help me. So let's share some stories together. Let's share some laughs and say hello to one another as well. And here's some great talks amidst the fellowship. So for more information on the Marian Conference, stlmc.org. By the way, if you'd ever like to have me out to your parish, you know, that's something we do from time to time. Be sure to drop us a line here at the station as the schedule allows. We do like to go out there, whether it's to talk about discipline, detachment, and gratitude, the midday examine, praying the rosary, the foibles of marriage and parenting, whatever it may be. Again, just trying to share that witness. And that's a, a good final reminder for us today. As we talk about evangelization, one of the things that we're all called to do is evangelize, right? And we we don't keep it to ourselves. Well, what do you, what do, you do? I'm not a theologian. I'm not a catechist. I'm not an apologist. I'm not the pope. I'm not the pastor. I'm just a guy in the pew, or I'm just a gal in the pew, or I'm just a dad, or I'm just... Yeah, exactly. That's who you are. You have a vocation that God gave you, and he gave you a call to evangelize through that vocation. So whatever it may be, both your primary vocation and your secondary vocation. For instance, I'm a husband and a father. That is my primary place of mission work. As I like to say, I'm the vocation director in the home But out here in the world, my secondary is with you on the radio. Well, what's yours? How can you evangelize? Knowing what our Lord is doing in your life is such a huge part of that. That's your witness. You're called to witness. Some are called to teach. Some are called to prophesy. Some are called to do any number of things. 
but we are all called to witness. And as we will hear as we get closer to Pentecost, I love what we, uh, it's one of the responsorial psalms. I remember it from years ago in my time as music director. When the Holy Spirit comes to you, you will be my witnesses. So if you're if you're having trouble saying, how do I go out there and witness? Well, ask the Holy Spirit for guidance. Ask the Holy Spirit for help. Ask the Holy Spirit for everything you need to go out and be an effective witness to the faith. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, it occurs to me, I'm going to leave here in a few minutes. I'm going to drive to my doctor's office where I'm going to sit in the waiting room. They're pretty good. They're pretty efficient. But there's going to be some time spent in the waiting room. Now, that could be wasted time, or that could be time put to a purpose. So for everybody who's going to be in a waiting room of some sort today... I encourage you, use that time for some spiritual reading or for some prayer. For all of us here at Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Thanks for listening to Roadmap to Heaven this morning. And as always, don't forget what the Blessed Mother asks of each and every one of us. Pray your rosary today.